This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. My name's Nicole Bassett. I'm the co-founder of the Renewal Workshop. And what I love about sustainable fashion is the opportunity we have to make change every day when we get dressed. Businesses have multiple responsibilities for generating positive, lasting value, particularly true for the fashion and apparel industry. So how do you transform a linear economy into a circular economy while keeping companies profitable and in business? And how can helping brands get rid of their waste to actually contribute meaningfully to this transformation while providing an additional revenue stream? Coming up, host Natalia Makalova dives into the leading provider of circular solutions for apparel and textile brands, recorded on location at Remote Conference in Los Angeles. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, powered by Sennheiser and recorded on location. So, Nicole, welcome. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Uh, So, please tell me about the Renewal Workshop. What is it? (laughs) Yeah, what is it? So, the Renewal Workshop is a circular economy business solution for apparel and home goods textile companies. So, essentially, what we do is we work with brands and retailers who have apparel and clothing and home goods that, uh, at the end of their life... uh, Right now, in a linear economy, becomes waste. Totally. So, uh, what we do is we partner with them, and we essentially solve their problem and take care of all of their waste. So, um, very practically, what that means is that we're trying to find the best use of any of their material. So, you return something to a brand because it has a broken zipper or a missing button or something like that, then that product um, that it can't get sold again as new. Uh, also, in the outdoor industry, they have very generous return policies. People might have something for a year or five years and then return it. Yeah. All of that stuff comes back to a brand. And then what's exciting now is lots of brands are doing take-back programs. Right. They want their stuff back. It's happening. So, But when they want it back, it has to go somewhere. Totally. And so we built a factory uh, outside of Portland, Oregon, in mm-hmm. Cascade Locks, where we uh, really embody the principles of circular economy inside of our operations. So we want to find products at their highest use, mm-hmm. get them um, back into market at that high value. Uh, so we... We, we clean products using liquid CO2, so waterless wow. cleaning. Wow, wow. We have a repair center. Uh, we quality control all of the product, and then mm-hmm. we get it back out for resale. And that goes back to those uh, retailers or those brands or somewhere else? Yeah, it, it, it's up to the brand. So mm-hmm. a lot of our partners will take the product back and mm-hmm. resell it through their own channels. Wonderful. So their stores. Um, we also enable product to go on our website, uh, renewalworkshop.com. Yes. And it can get sold there. Like and then, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a marketplace there. And then the, our brand partners get a percentage of that sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also are enabling brands to really own it on uh, online digitally. And so we launched in June the North Face Renewed. And nice. so they have Congrats. their own whole website that's mm-hmm. all uh, renewed product. Absolutely. Yes. And that's, that's, I feel, the future. It is almost like a second brand or like a sub-brand. Instead of doing like a cheaper brand, what right. they're doing is they're creating the, the renewed brand, the new renewed brand. Yes. Uh, which makes so much sense for the industry these days when there's so much produced already. We're still producing more. 
and um, how do we make use of everything that has been produced? So there's a solution. There's a real working solution that you've created. So thank you for doing that. Um, tell me about a little bit about the challenges of doing that, whether it's a business model that you're currently playing around with and how to really make money on what you're doing, because it seems like it's, it's a lot of work. Um, yeah, if you can talk about challenges. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of challenges. So we, like, we every day get up and say we're trying to change, we're literally trying to change the linear economy to yeah. a circular one. So you can imagine the biggest challenge is mindset. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so getting brands um, to say, hey, like you just articulated, how can you make money in a different way? Mm-hmm. Um, how, can you, how can you, like, put the value back in the item you made for a longer period of time? Right. Right. So we don't want apparel brands just to grow in revenue just by making more stuff. We want to see revenue growth in a different way. Absolutely. And so by reselling your existing product, that's a huge opportunity for growth and revenue. And uh, right. so, that, so that's been a big challenge to get people on board. What's really exciting is we started this company like three and a half years ago mm-hmm. and there were a few people talking about circular economy. Totally, yeah. Now, I mean, I just got off a panel. The whole thing was about circular. Right. Uh, H&M and Target were on that panel. Like, it's a it's a big thing. And so there's a, there, there's a lot of opportunity in the mind shift. So that's a big one. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we can't wait for this to happen to us. We have to make the difference really right now with the businesses, with our everyday um, projects that we're working on and um, actually be vocal about it, right? Yeah. That's what you're doing now and spreading the word spreading the the vision that we have uh, for the industry because um, it becomes more and more real with every time we speak about it. I really believe so. Absolutely. Um, So how did that idea come up to you? I know that probably the question that you already um, answered before, but I kind of want to hear in our audience uh, to know how these things come to you. Yeah, it's really interesting. So like I had my career has been in sustainability, like in the supply chain, making things out of from conventional to organic, from virgin to recycled, like fair, fair trade, things like that. Um, As my co-founder as well, he was involved in a organic and fair trade apparel company. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of experience deep in the supply chain side of things. But when you take a step back, it's like, well, where is this all going to go at the end of its life? Like, yes, we have some great um, charity things and people I'm talking about sharing economy with clothing and things like that. And but the end of the day, we're designing product for one life. Yeah. And we are not designing it for a circular. And really a few uses. Right. How many uses are there? Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what was really interesting is the circular economy has been around since the 60s. Like it's it's an old idea. But um, and it's been iterated on over time. I think the most recent iteration that's gained a lot of traction is through the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Right. Right. And um, so. I think when it was just sitting inside of a brand and being like, well, who's going to go solve this problem? And it was sort of like, right, well, we could just solve this problem. And having also worked inside a brand, I know that it's um, brands are, are, are sort of um, hamstrung from quick decision making. Like there's sure. not a ton of like serious risks that can be taken inside a business, especially in a public company. Yep. So we said, OK, let's build a business that enables a company to basically pay a partnership fee and we will take their problem away from them. Right, right. And also make them look good in front of the customer. Um, And I'm sure uh, brands are happy to talk about their programs, uh, collaborations like with you and um, with that further life of their garments they're creating, whether it's um, 
Do you work with debt stock as well or mostly with returns? So we work with post-consumer governments and, mm-hmm. and products. So what's great is that um, it's a, to solve the big picture of, the, of waste inside the apparel industry, there's a lot of different innovations happening. Right. And there are some people who are experts in debt, managing debt stock into mm-hmm. new garments or moving that around. We also... Um, uh, so we also, when we get products back from the brands, not all of it's resellable, right? So a lot of it's quite damaged. Um, about, I would say, 20% of what we receive is really damaged. And it's going to go right. into recycling. But what essentially is to just happened is we took 100% of waste... And we're now diverting 80% of it back into the uh, marketplace right. to generate new revenue for the brands. And then what's left over, that's the opportunity for the real deep long-term innovation with recycling. Right. And so when we say recycling, we're talking about clothing to fiber. Mm-hmm. So new clothing out of this material. So we actually organize the material into, uh, sorry, the clothing into material content. So all the cotton gets piled together, all the polyester, all the wool, right. all the blended material. Mm -hmm. And we're starting pilots with a few recyclers that are around available today and actually starting to connect the brand to their waste to a recycler to a new product. Wow. So it's like a double. Yeah, there there is two sides of this business, really. It's it's uh, repurposing items that already exist and uh, getting them back into the market. And the other one is really, really uh, working with a uh, second other companies basically that uh, can recreate, like they can take down the, the garments basically and create new fibers out of it. Wonderful, I see. So it is a twofold solution. So that makes sense uh, you're doing that. Um, have you ever thought about creating your own uh, recycling company as well, or it's uh, another beast? <laughs> it's a beast. Yes. I think what's exciting now is so what's happened right now is if you look at the marketplace for true textile recycling, is right. you've got very old technologies, which is mechanical recycling, where it's truly shredding the product, right. re spinning yes. it often with a, a virgin yarn um, to get a strong yarn again, and then, um, which is still, it's fine. It's great to get it into something new. Um, and then you've got this whole wave right now of new chemical recycling innovations. Got it. And they're from, some mm-hmm. are still in labs and universities, some are time. in pilot facilities now, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll start to see more things come commercialized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lensing, which is a huge fiber company, mm-hmm. just released Refibra, which um, is a, their new, t- uh, it's like a tensile, uh, but 20% of it comes from post-industrial cotton waste. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there's like, there's momentum happening in Definitely. that space. So um, our goal is to get them good, clean feedstock in connection and in transparency with the brands. Because the brands ultimately want to tell the story of that new thing was from my old thing and have a completely closed loop. And that's what we want to help enable. Absolutely. And that does include into shifts in their mindset mindset about their um, the way of doing business. So it all comes back into the business model and the money uh, aspect of things, um, which yeah. is interesting. It's like every time we talk about the sustainability or even conscious consumption or generally like better lifestyle, it still comes back into the money um, aspect. And I wish we had solutions for uh, for support, support, yeah. governmental support. That's the solution really that I'm seeing right now. That's the only really way to get our businesses going, you know, support. Well, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, that was something that when we started the company that had to make... we. I, 
having having had to build the business case for like so many projects inside of sustainability right. for the last 15 years i was like okay i'm no like let's just build a company where like the byproduct is a very sustainable entity let's build yes. the business case by building the business so the great thing about the circular economy is that you're using resources wisely you're mm-hmm. using them at their highest value and you're actually planning out a business model where that works great. so yeah. in our case as a company we're in some ways like we're paid by the brands to take their waste, just the same way a waste hauler is right. being paid to take their waste, yes. right? Like per bag or whatever you charge it, but yeah. Right. So that is the that's like piece mm-hmm. of the business model. And then oh wait, hey, this can get resold again in a right. new, in the marketplace. Let's resell it. And then that in itself is another revenue stream for the business and for the brand. So right. It, it just so happens that every single time we divert a piece of material from, like, we're also diverting it from landfill. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. It is a win-win for sure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, we're going to take a break now. And then after the break, we're going to dive deeper in, know a little bit more um, Nicole's role and maybe more challenges uh, at the Renewal Workshop. So stay with us. Welcome to Hashtag Moms Got This. Get your mom life fix four days a week. I'm Michelle Park. And I'm Stacey Eagle. Together, we chatted up with a new boss mom each week about her journey and why she's got this. Make sure to subscribe and show us some love on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And remember, Mom's Got This. Nicole, I'm curious to hear, this is a very innovative company, and I don't think anyone or our listeners or I would even imagine working and running this company. Can you talk about your day-to-day? What does it look like a day in life? Yeah. Um, So it's really interesting when we started the company and we were actually fundraising to build the company, our investors were like, how are you going to build a factory? And I was like, no, that's the easy part. Oh, yes. (laughs) Only because I I spent my career in factories like all over the world overseas. And there are just some some like things that just you have to have in a factory that are just like common sense. So um, so yeah, so um, our day to day is really, it's really cool because it very much is a factory. So we're like bringing product in and the team is sorting through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got, um, we use, we do use um, an ERP system to track all the, so you can imagine you open a box of product from a brand and I've got a men's t-shirt and a women's dress and like it's all those different items, all of the different colors, sizes, what is the ERP that. system for our audience to understand? Um, so we um, we have adapted a, uh, a, a pro, uh, like a software that like a, an apparel ERP system. So we've customized it quite a bit to, so to be able to that. handle yeah. individual items mm-hmm. through a process. So, wow. uh, so yeah, so our team is doing that. We've got like... This, this, the Tersis, which is our liquid CO2 machine running right. and uh, cleaning stuff every day. And then the Sotex, that, that part is really, the to me, the funnest department to walk by because mm-hmm. every time they pick up a garment, it's got a different issue on it. It's like, oh, yeah, this one has a hole or wow, this one's missing yes. a button. Or, and, so, and I'll see them every once in a while, like, walk up to each other and like, how would you fix this? Because... New problems are always arising. So there's this really deep problem-solving piece to it all. Interesting, yeah. which makes it very creative work as opposed to creating something 
all over again every day the same things yeah. you're really doing something very different each day so for a garment worker I'm sure it's a more exciting job it seems it does it does seem like that yeah. it does require um, when we were talking Skills. about challenges yeah. it does require uh someone who is a good problem solver. So Absolutely. not only has the skills to do sewing, but can actually solve problems uh, that are continuously changing. So Right, creatively, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we also have a great team in-house who takes all the photography for wow. online. Yes, you do have a beautiful photography on your website. I wanted to say that and yeah. acknowledge that. Yeah, they're really a great beautiful. team. And uh, nice. and then we have all the fulfillment in our factory to do mm-hmm. the online um, like sales as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really, uh, there's always action. There's like, mm-hmm. it's a very dynamic work environment mm-hmm. um, that, we're, that we're involved in. And then I spend most of my time actually working with um, our brand partners and future brand partners. Right. Why don't you talk about that and what's the process of sales, uh, whether it's push and pull in both ways, how do you manage that? So uh, I've been in the apparel industry a long time. So for a while, for sure, it was just me calling friends and saying, hey guys. uh, This is what I'm doing now. This is what I'm doing now. So that was a big piece of it. Mm -hmm. And then um, now what's happened is we'll go to conferences, Mm -hmm. be like where we are today, uh, just on a panel. Someone will be like, I saw you there. I have an apparel brand. Right. Um, and then actually really funnily, we get a lot of emails to our general email, like hello at the renewal workshop. And uh, from big companies who are just like, I don't know cool. how to get in touch with you guys, but we're interested in circular or we've got a waste problem. Yes. I feel so good just hearing that right now because <laughs> yes, this needs to happen more. That interest is there, right? But the, pro- the question is, like, what's, what happens after? You speak with them. What do they think? How do they, yeah. what they weigh of, like, what kind of questions do they ask you? Yeah, a lot of really good questions. I think what's really great is people are not just asking, like, how much does it cost? Yes. That's never the first question. Good. <laughs> people yeah. are like, how does it work? Yes. How could we work with you? Does our mm-hmm. product fit? What is this, like... Um, opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've got a really great process now where we work with brands at the beginning to get them like really ready for circular. Right. So we do a, a, a deep assessment on their product, mm-hmm. understand the volume, one. and then um, get them into a place where like, okay, this is why it makes sense for you to do renewal, or maybe you, you, you mm-hmm. make a product type that has to go straight to recycling or yeah. whatever the solution is, we want to set the brand up right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So it, did, it does seem to be a, uh, more of like a custom approach to each client and um, kind of some prep work before you agree on collaborating, uh, which makes sense. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I actually wanted to talk a little bit about scalability of your business. Um, uh, how are you looking to grow? Because uh, we definitely need more of you. <laughs> yeah. So very early on when we designed the company, we said, uh, OK, this is, has to be a business that uh, is ready for scale. And right. the way we see scale is replication. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I wanted you to say that. I just didn't want to. Yes. Well, OK, good. We have the thumbs up from you yeah. then. <laughs> I mean, this is this is it. It's not about you growing more. It's maybe other people using the same model. That's right. how I see it. Well, we will replicate our facility yes. in other places. Other places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we want to like sense. we've created a blueprint for an incredible facility mm-hmm. um, to be able to do what we need to do. Um, we've got the technology mm-hmm. organized. We've got the, you know, figured out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still learning every day and we have a lot of ideas for the future. But sure. um, and then we can just build this facility in other locations. Cool. 
All right. Thank you so much, Nicole. Um, um, we're going to take another break. And then after that, we're going to uh, learn about Nicole more as a person. If you like funny people talking, I think maybe you should check us out. That's Elsie, the producer for Funny People Talking. I'm Mark Rako. I'm one of the hosts. And also with me is... Danielle, I'm one of the other hosts. And you know what, Elsie? I actually think you're a funny person. And on the show, you do talk. So it really lives up to its name. So if you love great interviews that have a lot of heart, improv comedy, and just a really fun discussion, you should check out the podcast Funny People Talking on Mouth Media Network and wherever the best podcasts are found. Because I think this is one of the best podcasts, don't you, Elsie? Well, duh. What about you, Danielle? Well, duh. And what about you, all the listeners out there? So you must believe all these people. We don't lie at all, but we are funny. Listen to Funny People Talking every Monday and really anytime. It's a podcast. Yeah, and we don't lie. is your business what is the most crazy idea you've ever had that you haven't really worked on yet but you kind of wish you would at some point in your life whether it's connected with your company or not maybe it's personal maybe it's global well definitely the renewal workshop is the craziest idea i've ever had but we're working on that so I've, and I talked about that for the last True. while. So that's not as exciting. Okay, maybe personally, um, like personally. lifestyle well, wise. Well, <laughs> you, so I before I got into this, this sustainability world, I worked in film and television. Oh wow! And one of the reasons why I got out of film and television is I felt like I didn't have a story to tell. Interesting. Uh, and I feel like in the last like little while, I've started to have these like ideas come into my head about what. A film would look like about you or no about the the world um so out in the world of like i really like um apocalyptic post-apocalyptic type um environments because it makes you really challenge um like what would it be like to be a human when we don't have right. like access to a lot of water or like these different like or the internet or or the <laughs> internet and so um i've been thinking a lot about what is the world gonna look like mm-hmm. the day that the last uh, oil and gas company like goes bankrupt or shuts their doors. Yep. Yeah. Right? Like yes. they, they sold off that subsidiary and that, it, cause it, it, at some point they're all evolving into renewables and there will one day be we'll a day. To. Yes. Uh, and I just think of like how crazy like the reflection process at that point will be because. Yeah. Do you think it will be gradual or it would be done? It's this, going, is, this is next day. It's not going to happen. No, it's going to be gradual. Yeah. I think we're like, it's really heartbreaking. And, um, well, we're mm-hmm. right now, if we're sitting in California and, um, Malibu's on fire, right. Northern California's right. on fire. Um, our factory was actually evacuated last year due to forest fires. Wow. Um, and you kind of wonder, are we at the tipping point of when, and the hurricanes have just been so extreme. Sure. Um, is this the point in which we're like, oh, wow, now we're going to be, um, we're going to be 
directed by weather more than we are going to be in control of our own destinies. Totally agree. Or like by weather, by nature, by the force. Um, it's interesting to kind of me to contemplate that we have all this technology for creating more ways for people to buy things <laughs> and we can't create and focus our, our efforts on technology that can protect our forest or I mean I don't know it's all interconnected so it's 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 a difficult topic to talk about especially on this podcast but but thank you for mentioning that because yeah. I, I think about that a lot as well and um I feel you I feel you and um I wish that movie had been created at some <laughs> point I really Maybe. Like it would be a great tight project. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, right. what you can do on a phone nowadays is incredible. So maybe I could just make it on my phone. I so, don't know. It know. could be like a simple, like, simple test. And then who knows, maybe some big movie maker will, will reach out to you and say, you yes, go. this is what we're going to create and scale. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Nicole. It was awesome, a, such Natalia. a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah. Um, thank you for, again, for, for doing what you're doing. We need more of what you're doing in the industry, as I told you before really believe that um this needs to be heard so thanks for the audience for your time um, and attention and that's it for now it's natalia makulova and have a wonderful day this has been fashion is your business to suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com Keep up with the show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, fashionisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.